I know what you're going to ask. Hey, Jer, what's the latest in organic, molecular, and bio-inspired electronic and optoelectronic devices? Hey, Jer, how can we better harness nanotechnology for photons or whatever? Hey, Jer, seriously, what are the best practices for advanced packaging and integration technologies for extreme environments, including superconducting technologies? Well, friends, old Jer Bear has no earthly idea. You know who does? Michael Hamilton, the soon-to-be full professor of electrical and computer engineering and the director of Alabama's Micro Nano Science and Technology Center, is putting Auburn on the front lines of all that kind of futuristic stuff. And good thing, too, because when the machines come for us, we're going to want a genius like Mikey Micro on our side. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Another day, another dollar, another episode of Hashtag Getting the Best Podcast in all of higher education, brought to you by the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Yes, I am Jeremy Henderson, a communication specialist with the Samuel Ginn College Engineering, joined as always and forever by my co-host, Austin Phillips, assistant director. Forever? <laughs> Always and forever. Until oh, that do we it's, part. It's, exactly. That's okay. how I felt about this from okay. the beginning. Assistant it. director of the Office of Communications and Marketing, and joined, as always, and by Marcus Klutz, who knows more about producing and directing than most children. How about that? That was pretty good. I was working on that one. Uh, we are joined for the first time by associate professor, correct? Associate professor. Associate, yes. Yes, associate professor. Full Ma- in the, full in the fall. Full in the fall. Oh, there we go. Dang. There we go. Well, breaking news. Yep. Electrical and computer engineering professor Michael Hamilton. Thank you so much. You're also the director of the Alabama Micro and Nano Science and Technology Center. That's right. Thank I you. Have that right too? Yes. Great to be here. Right out of the gate. First things first. How realistic is Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Not very. <sighs> Nothing like that going on. It's kind of a shame. I think it about matter. it every time I cut my grass. I'm like, <laughs> who are these people how that many, I am how destroying? Many, how many lives are being <laughs> ruined right now in addition to my own? We can make things very small, but once they're large, it's a hard time to uh, to make them smaller. Well, what is this obsession with the micro? You know, like what 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 is going on? What are you spending your life on here? Why everything getting bigger is better and all this stuff? That's what we're told. And yet here you are trying to shrink things down. You said these are going to be easy questions. <laughs> uh, actually, that's a great question. So why? Um, you just want to fit more capability, more more processing capability into a smaller volume, so that you can put it in your pocket and take better selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Now you've been here since 2010. 2010. Of course, you were you were a student here. I was a student here. And, Where are you yeah. originally from, Michael? Uh, believe it or not, just down the road in Lynette, okay, Dang. Lynette, Alabama. Metropolis. That's not where I grew up, though. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Dang, all over the place. And then you spent you get your uh, master's and doctorate up in uh, Ann Arbor, right? That's right. That's right. So which one is the true big blue? Oh, Auburn. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we kick them in the butt, big blue. Auburn and Auburn and Michigan played in. A bowl game. That Citrus first, Bowl 2000. The Citrus Bowl yeah. 2000. Yeah. Yep. 
in the '84 Sugar Bowl. Oh yeah, and that too. Uh, hello, yeah, national championship game. Oh my too. gosh! Thank you very yes. much. Well, so how 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 do the uh, college cultures different while we're on that topic? What how's Auburn different from Ann Arbor? Other than being obviously way better, let's. Well, there's a there's a lot of uh, pluses and minuses uh, at at either place. I mean, you know, with Michigan, you've got the the gigantic school in a in a relatively big town that could probably live without uh, the university being there. And Auburn's a totally different situation. You've got the entire you know city culture developed up around around Auburn itself, and uh, you see that you know throughout the year. You know, during the summer, we're getting ready to go into the summer. It kind of slows down a little bit, but once fall rolls back around, you see the city liven back up. Um, and uh, in terms of culture, and I mean, you can you can feel Auburn as soon as you step step on campus. Uh, at at Michigan, uh, there's there's just a lot of other distractions, you know, in the in the area. So. So what's it been like coming back, uh, having been a student, and now you're the professor? Um, in between graduation and here, about 15 years difference. Just coming back and seeing how much the campus has changed. The, the engineering campus in and of itself, I believe where we sat was where the medical clinic was was near. I mean, th- this Shelby complex wasn't here. Just talk about how things have changed and, and the position we're in now. It is a completely different place from when I was here as an undergrad. And – I think even our parents who who were undergrads and came back, you know, when we were undergrads, they would say the same thing. I mean, Auburn has changed tremendously, whether it's the the campus, which, I mean, obviously I'm partial, but most beautiful campus on the planet. Uh, And the facilities here are just second to none for a school in the SEC. Um, it's it's it really is amazing the development activities that it, that it, that it go on. I mean, you know, e- even our building, Brown Hall, has a facelift and looks fantastic now. Um, the building that they're building across from that, the the student achievement center is is fantastic, um, and and then the city has grown up a- around it. You know, um, for, for you know, all, almost all for good. Uh, there's a lot more to do here. Uh, you get an, an unbelievable experience as an undergrad and a graduate student here. Whether it's you know cultural activities, athletic activities, the academic environment. It's, you know, I, I mean, I, I came back and I don't have any plans to go anywhere else. So. Yeah, for the electrical engineering graduates that um, are listening that haven't been back on campus, Brown Hall, that's a totally different experience than it was when, when you were a student. We have let the light in. It, <laughs> is, it is not dark anymore, uh, thanks to Dorothy Davidson, her late husband, Julian. That's right. Um, we, we can't hide in the dungeon anymore. We can't hide anymore. <laughs> the, the light will shine, but that's a totally new facility. <laughs> yeah, it shines in the dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's about time. You also spent some time at the MIT Lincoln Laboratory. That's right. Um, yep, talk talk a little bit about that and some of the work that you that you were performing there. So uh, MIT Lincoln Laboratory is a federally funded research and development center. So someone call it a, a national lab, uh, and their their goal is advanced technology for national defense. And uh, so there's obviously a heavy em- emphasis on um, looking for and bringing in uh, and um, maturing various levels of uh, various types of advanced technology. Most all of it directed at remote sensing has a history in in radar, so uh, all of the things associated with with doing things at a standoff distance, all types of remote sensing, imaging, spectroscopy, et cetera, uh, looking at new technologies for uh, for that. So 
I, I had the chance to spend uh, a couple years in a couple different groups up there. Uh, one group was looking at uh, a satellite system called GOES-R, uh, and that's our our weather satellite systems that, uh, that that we would see. So the next generation of those, which are flying now, so that was really neat. And then uh, and then another group working on a lot of advanced microwave technology, uh, again to do you know standoff type of, of of sensing, and that actually is where I learned a lot of. Um, what I would say are my microwave engineering skills in, in a group there, as well as getting involved with a lot of superconducting technology. So, and that's something that's carried over into the work here at Auburn as well. What in St. Louis or Lynette put this passion in you to seek this field? Well, my dad was here in Opelika. He's, he, he lived in Opelika and, uh, so, there, so there's the passion to come to Auburn, <laughs> and then there's the passion for the engineering side. Uh, I would say the, the 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 passion for the engineering side just comes from um, my uh, my dad as well as my my stepdad, um, who worked at McDonnell Douglas, at, which you know is now Boeing there in St. Louis. And so being around that, uh, you know, heavily influenced my desire to to seek an engineering type of of job. And then uh, with my dad down here in Opelika. When I would come visit him, he would say, hey, let's go hang out on Auburn. And, you know, it's just uh, it just kind of grabs you. Looked at your website. We're talking current interest and everything. Like I want to always talk to people about like the cool things they're working on. And I see it's kind of scary. Bio inspired electronics. What are we talking? Cyborgs? What? How? <laughs> like you? How, how, how is the flesh life inspiring the little circuit world? Help sure, sure. Well, where that comes in would be uh, a lot of our work on neuromorphic computing. Uh, so, you know, historically or in the recent history, a lot of computing has been based on CMOS devices, transistors, uh, in what we call a, a von Neumann architecture. So, I'll try not to get too, you know, too too into the weeds here. But thanks for your time. <laughs> I was about to say, I think we're already. <laughs> just, Michael Hamilton, far. ladies and gentlemen. Is my mouth open and I'm drooling right now? It's that fine. went way over my head. I'm used to it in class. <laughs> Talk about the microwave some more. That, so, I can so, understand that. So, well, yeah. no, no, let's, let's go back to that for a second. So, so the conventional type of computing platforms that we're using now, uh, we're, we're, some would say we're approaching the limits of that. And so we're, we're journeying into a world of what uh, is called heterogeneous computing. So a lot of different types of computing, whether it's, uh, all, all the non-von Neumann architectures, quantum, uh, neuromorphic, um, you know, and, and that's where this bio inspiration comes in. You know, trying, there's a lot of work going on to figure out how our human brain works and, and, uh, taking that and then building circuits that can function in a similar way to, to provide advanced functionality. There's this guy more, and you seem to hate him. Like, I don't, I don't just, hate him. He's just, fantastic. Just, or you at least hate his law. You think it's over, Deadsville, right? What, for, from, from a research Explain Moore's law and then why you think, like as an expert in this thing, that we have to move on to a new paradigm. Sure. Uh, That's a big yeah, Moore's law is a, you know, kind of a famous, um, uh, famous set of circumstances that, that came together that, that ended up predicting and being quite good at predicting and, and guiding how CMOS technology would advance. So in terms of the functionality that you can put onto a, a chip, whether it's 
uh, in terms of lower power or uh, or number of devices that would grow at this uh, this exponential growth that that Gordon Moore predicted. The problem is we're with those types of devices we're reaching the fundamental limits of what can be how things how small things can get how little power they can use. Uh, and and that and this is this is just true. I mean, we're reaching the end of it. You know, it, Intel is working on their seven and five nanometers <clears throat> uh, devices, and uh, that's um, that's about the limits that we can get to before some other types of effects take over, and the devices don't function as we would like them to anymore. So, so that is that is happening. We are reaching the end of Moore's law with regards to CMOS devices, but there are this other whole giant world of interesting devices that that we're exploring here at Auburn. My group, uh, Dr. Majori Samani's group, Dr. Adams' group, we've all got efforts going on to uh, to, to look for what is going to be next uh, in, in terms of uh, devices for, for computing. So what is next? I actually think it's going to be a, a lot of things uh, working together. So it there's not going to be one particular thing that does everything like we have now. CMOS they see CMOS. What are okay, we? So, 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 like, C, under, C, like algae? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Uh, no, the letter C. Oh. And then M O S. CMOS. Okay. What does that stand for? <laughs> That's going to be your new nickname. What's up, CMOS? <laughs> What's that stand for? It's my computer. No, it's no. a complementary complementary metal metal oxide oxide. Yeah, that's what, okay, oxide. Duh, I, that's what I was thinking. Damn, Jeremy, you're <laughs> okay. Idiot. So, in- so it's it's a it's a technology. It's silicon. Silicon is an element. We can make CMOS transistors with silicon, and when you put two different types of of those transistors together, you get the complementary piece that makes logic, particularly digital logic. Uh, that has, you know, given us everything around us, whether, you know, the, the multiple radios and, and processors in our phones, the awesome computing power we have now, uh, it, it powers everything. But uh, as we, as humans demand more and more and more uh, inter, uh, data bits, right, flowing mm-hmm. around, um, we need to find better ways to do this because the, the, um, the power required by these devices just continues to to grow and grow and grow. So we need more energy efficient types of computing, uh, and we need things that are um, tailored to a particular application. So right now we have a general purpose kind of processing setup with with a lot of our devices, with a lot of the CMOS devices, and we can design algorithms. So the computer scientists design algorithms that can run on those types of general purpose processors. In the future, you'll have, I mentioned the word heterogeneous, so things that are more tailored to, um, you know, to the problem at hand. So it's kind of like having, uh, you know, instead of having just a, a, a fork and a knife and a spoon, you would have a you know, a spork with a sharp edge on it so that you can have, you know, one thing that, that that's, that's the heterogeneous aspect of it, that you can do multiple things yeah. with, with, with that device. I love that. What opportunities and resources do we have here um, to invite collaboration in this area? 
So collaboration within Auburn or within Auburn, within the university, within the university, college and university wide. What 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 are some of the things that we have in our arsenal that are allowing you to be able to collaborate in other areas? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, the the nature of uh, of, of our center, the Alabama Micro Nanoscience and Technology Center, um, other than just being a mouthful to say, <laughs> uh, is that it involves everything from electrical engineering to materials, chemical engineering, chemistry, physics, mechanical. It's it's it requires all of that, and we have researchers affiliated with the center all around the university, uh, and you know whether they're you know folks in physics, folks in chemical engineering. So th- so there's it's the need for that. I mean, you you can't just bury your head and and expect to make progress in your area because you have to draw upon the expertise of a lot of these other folks as well to uh, to help on those projects. Why the need for the bunny suit? What the H are we talking about? <laughs> if you've not seen the the outer garments that they wear in the lab, you know. It, oh, yeah, and the hair the net. White, it's the net. It's the white. You know, it, it's the bunny yeah, suit. What's y'all's Christ. health rating over there? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, So it depends on how you define it. Um, w- what is it for? Human, humans are really kind of kind of gross. You know, there's there's constantly <laughs> Jeremy. He's constant, looking at you, yeah, so yeah, that's any, why we're looking any, at cyborgs and replacing all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're so gross. I've got twin twelve year old boys, Alex and Aiden. I definitely know. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, there's constantly stuff coming off of humans, whether it's hair, flakes of skin, oil, salt, sweat. You know, we we are the dangerous object inside of these labs because uh, a lot of those things that would come off of us would land on the sensitive devices that we're trying to make and and keep us from being able to to make them. In fact, I mean, if you so back to CMOS for a second. Well, back to the honey, I shrunk the kids. That's what happened. Yeah, that that's right. Exactly. Yeah, the the dog hair. The dog. Well, the the the, the cat or the, the 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 bunny, the bunny got in there, contaminated yeah, yeah, the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the glass, See, the the bottle. Bad things can happen. CMOS. <laughs> yeah, so for the longest time, CMOS had a hard time uh, getting off the ground, if you will. They knew it could work, but they didn't know what the problems were with it, how to how to really get it to take off. And it turns out that it was uh, uh, people not wearing gloves. Really? Yeah. So we've got to we've got to you know keep our it's so so there is an element to keeping graduate students safe in those labs because we do work with dangerous chemicals and uh, things of that nature. Um, but also a big part of it is to protect the things we're trying to make from from the, the dirty humans. Back to the concept kind of of Moore's Law and everything with this idea that technology or capacity, you know, was going to be like doubling and doubling and doubling. But surely we're going to reach some sort of critical mass kind of a thing. I'm fascinated by, you know, the just insane leaps in technology, you know, in the last 100 years, the last 30 years, you know, you're going from you watch Apollo 13 and we're controlling now, you know, you got more computing power in my pocket kind of a deal. And now you're shaking your head, like you're shaking your head as in like you're right or like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, you're totally I'm, ama- mis- I'm amazed by it as well. Yeah. And, and that's a big driver for why I want to work in this area. Do you think it's like my I imagine like God hitting pause every now and then. Right. And just like downloading some stuff, because I can't imagine some people attribute it to aliens. I think that's uh, Musk's deal. Right. The, Ogles. The, Ogles said that was not true. Or, that, <laughs> or that we're living in some sort of simulation or something, because it just seems insane that we could be doing this at this rate of speed. When you look at the hum- human history and everything, 
what what is happening? Are we actually doing this? Are there people like you who are making these things? Or suddenly everybody just reading the same article that you know, anonymous or unauthored or something like that? We're, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. We're we're just a bunch of little ants marching, right? <laughs> so so there are a lot of really really smart people out there as well as here at Auburn, and they just dig in and just and just work through all of the challenges. This is something I have to tell my graduate students all the time: is that you know that that you know, for lack of a better term, Mother Nature doesn't want you to figure out those secrets. You have to work hard. It's it's and and I think you know another one I use all the time is I don't it's, it's often attributed to Einstein. Maybe he said this. You know, genius is one percent one percent inspiration, ninety nine percent perspiration. So there are just a lot of people working really really hard on top of those great ideas. So uh, we find ways to to keep working. Now, in in the area that you're talking about. There's also an incredible amount of money that's been put in, into that, right? And, and money makes, you know, in, in, in the area of sponsored research and overcoming those problems, sometimes there are some situations where you can just just throw, throw the money at it. You know, th- another aspect of this, too, is that you had people like, you know, Einstein, Feynman, a lot of great physicists who kind of laid down the, the tracks for those engineers to come back in and, and, and do the work a- along those tracks. And that's what we're still doing. Uh, you know, you look at, at quantum computing, that was something that Feynman mentioned, uh, Richard Feynman is who I'm talking about, mentioned a long time ago, that if you want to simulate quantum systems, you need to do that with a quantum computer. And now that is one of the goals that we're trying to accomplish, is to have a functional, useful quantum computer that you can simulate quantum systems with. That sounds awesome. Can you talk as fast as the Micro Machines guy? I was wondering. Am I talking fast? No, no. The, you know the Micro Machines guy from I know. the commercial? I'm back not, surely you I'm grew up gonna, with And then he was, on sa- he was on Saved by the Bell, and he taught a class where he talked about and then just talked talk real fast, and nobody could take notes or anything. You, you need to try that in class one time. I promise I'll try it. <laughs> you could develop, yeah, yeah, brand yourself, the Micro Machine man. <laughs> That's it. You could do That's the whole it. deal. That's it. Just do my lecture in five minutes? Yeah. Just drop, Save time. Drop the chalk and leave. Then there you go. Michael, thanks so much. Sure. CMOS, our first marine biologist on the show. Thanks. <laughs> really, really appreciate you being here. And, hey, it's uh, been it's been great. Happy to answer whatever questions. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on. one. Love sure. I'm sure love in two it. years this will yeah. all be obsolete anyway. <laughs> that's, the, that's the plan. War, thank, war, thanks, eagle. war Eagle. War Eagle.